When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Welcome back. He is the 47th Vice President of the United States. Please welcome Vice President Joe Biden. Thank you for being here. Everybody likes Joe Biden, right? Uh, Isn't that right? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I think that is. I think it's because when we see you, we think that we're actually seeing the real Joe Biden. You're not a politician who's created some sort of facade to get something out of us or triangulate your political position or emotional state to try to make us feel a certain way. We see the real you. How did you maintain your soul in a city that is so filled with people who are trying to lie to us in subtle ways? <laughs> I commuted every day for 36 years. <laughs> so it was going back to Delaware to get another piece of your soul every day? <laughs> no, look, uh, yeah, what always confuses me about some uh, folks I've worked with is why in God's name would you want the job if you couldn't say what you believed? I, I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing noble about this, but ask yourselves the question. Would you want a job that, in fact, every day you had to get up and you had to modulate what you said and believed. If you're going to run, you're running for a reason. You want the job for a reason. And if you can't state why you want the job, then there's a lot more lucrative opportunities other places. I can't... I can't imagine what it would be like to spend nine years pretending to be somebody that you're not. No. I'm going to get in trouble. I feel it coming. <laughs> but, Mr. Vice President, there's, there's another reason I think that people uh, admire you and like you, is that you're a man of substance. People know that you have experienced tragedies in your life, and we are inspired by the way that you have responded to those. And, and for myself, and I think... I suspect for millions of people out there, I'd like to offer my condolences for the loss of your son, Bo. 
Um, I know that he was a great man, and um, I was hoping you could tell us a story about him. The, the president, in his eulogy, called your son Joe 2.0. In what way is that a compliment to you? You know, my dad had an expression. He used to say, you know your success as a parent when you turn and look at your child and realize they turned out better than you. I was a hell of a success. My son was better than me. And he was better than me in, uh, in almost every way. Um, the thing about Bo was, from the time he, my, my, another expression my dad had was, never complain and never explain. I never one single time, my word is abiding, ever, ever heard my child complain. When he was, when he was in that accident, lost his mom and his, uh, and his sister, uh, he was very badly injured. Almost every bone in his body broken. He was in a cast from his ankles, both legs, his chest, his arms. I used to carry him around with a hook in his back. And my other son, Hunter, his best friend, a year and a day younger, was uh, just about three and had a severe skull fracture. And he'd sit in the room in the hospital, and he'd turn and he'd say, Hunt, look at me. Look at me. I love you. I love you. Four years old. Nothing changed a couple months before he died. I was at his house, and uh, he said, Dad, sit down. I want to talk to you with Hallie, his wife, an incredible kid. And he said, Dad, uh, I know how much you love me. He said, you got to promise me something. Promise me you're going to be all right, because no matter what happens, Dad, I'm going to be all right. Promise me. This, this is a kid who, 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 I don't know what it was about him. He had this enormous sense of empathy, and I'm not making this up. I know I maybe sound like a father. I hope I, anyway, but, but, but it's it real. Sounds like, it sounds like you love him, sir. Oh, geez, I mean, I, uh... How has your faith, I know you're a man of deep faith, how has your faith helped you respond to having lost your, your first wife and, and your daughter and now your son? How important is that in your life, and in what ways has it helped you? Well, first of all, it's a little embarrassing, this being about me. There's so many people, maybe some people in the audience, who've had losses as severe or worse than mine and didn't have the incredible support I have. I have such an incredible family. I, and so I, I feel self-conscious talking about, the loss is serious and it's consequential, but there's so many other people going through this. But for me, you know, my wife, when she wants to, she's, she's a professor, when she wants to leave me messages, she literally tapes them on my mirror when I'm shaving. And she, there she put up a, a quote from Kierkegaard. And Kierkegaard said, faith sees best in the dark. And for me, my religion is just an enormous sense of solace. And some of it relates to rituals, some of it relates to just comfort of what you've done your whole life. I go to mass and I, 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 I'm able to be, it's just alone, even in a crowd, I'm, you're alone. I, I uh, say the rosary, I find it to be incredibly comforting and so, what, what my faith has done is it's, it sort of takes everything about my life with my parents and my siblings and all the comforting things and all the good things that have happened have happened around the culture of my religion and the theology of my religion. And I, I don't know how to explain it more than that, but it's just, it's just the place you can go. Uh, and by the way, 
lot of you have been through this. The faith doesn't always stick with you. Sometimes it leaves me. Sometimes, so I don't want to come off like, anyway, I don't. I, no, I understand the feeling. You don't want to come off as pious or, uh, or a holy Joe. Yeah. I understand that, but. I'm sure not. That, but, <laughs> I'm sure not. But what, what, what inspires me, what inspires me, sir, about your response in your life and your service to the country and what you instilled in your children is that you have suffered, and yet through your suffering, you seem to have made some beautiful things in your life. You've dedicated yourself to other people and helping them. What lessons would you give other people who are facing the kind of suffering that you My mom had an expression. She'd say, as long as you're alive, you have an obligation to strive, and you're not dead till you've seen the face of God. It really, really has been imbued in me, my siblings, my mother, my grandfather. It, it's just, it's, it's, life is, no one owes you any, my dad said, no one owes you anything. It's just, you just gotta, you gotta get up. And it's, uh, and I feel like I was letting down Bo, I've letting down my parents, letting down my family. And How have you let them down? If I didn't just get up, you know, I mean, it's just, you just got to get up. And think of all the people you know who are going through horrible things, and they get up every morning, and they put one foot in front of the other. And they don't have, like I said, anything like the support I have. I marvel, I marvel at, 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 at the ability of people to absorb hurt and just get back up. And most of them do it with an incredible sense of empathy to other people. I mean, it's interesting. The people I find who I, I, I'm most drawn to are people who have, who have been hurt, and yet, and I'm not going to embarrass you, but you're one of them, old buddy. No, 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 no. Your, your mom, your family, losing your dad when you're a kid and three brothers. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's like asking, what made your mother do it every day? How did she get up every single day with with, you know, 11 kids to start. I mean, it's just... Well, she had to take care of me. Well... <laughs> she did. No, that's it. We were there By for the each way, other. By the way, that a hell of a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to take care of her. That's I the had point. to take care of her. That's the point. You know? Yeah. Can I ask you something? I, sure. I like to tell this little joke, which is I should say, oh, yes, I, I raised my mother. Because after Dad and the boys died, I, you know, she was a little non-compass mentis, or at least emotionally completely shattered. You know, I like to say I raised my mom from that from the years on for a few years. In what ways did Bo and Hunter raise you? My boys, actually, honest to God, did. If you saw, if my son Hunter was here, the first thing he'd walk in, he'd give me a kiss and say, "Dad, are you, you did anything?" What? what always worried about me. I and like you know, even in even in my public life, the boys would be like I'd be doing a, a national debate with 70 million people watching the debate. And I'd walk out of the room, the last two guys would be in the room with me and my boys, and, my, and they'd go, look at me, Dad, home base. Remember who you are, Dad. Remember who you are. No, I'm serious. It was, I mean, it was like my kids. Well, if you could stick around for a moment more, I'd like to find out a little bit more about who Joe Biden is. We'll be right back. I think it's time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Now, as I said, everybody likes Joe. Everybody likes Joe. And even, I have to say, even talking about you in the third person, I'm uncomfortable calling you Joe. You're the vice president of the United States. No, no. I want to give your office the respect it deserves. How much is that? <laughs> people make jokes about the prize best. Well, look, they, uh, look. Jokes about the office all the time. Sure, they, yeah, they should. Look, the vice... The, <laughs> no, they really should. There is no inherent power in the vice presidency. One of the reasons when the president first asked me to be considered to be, quote, vetted, to, and I said, Mr. President, it was then Barack, I said, Barack, I, I don't want to be vice president. And I'll do anything I can to help you because I admire that. I really did. Uh-huh. And he said, how much time do you need? I said, you said you need an answer now. The answer is no. But um, he said, go home and think about it. Talk about it. But here's the deal. It is a directly a reflection of your relationship with the president. If you have a relationship with the president, then it is, and everyone knows if they do, if it's real, that you have his his back, and you also have his confidence, then you can really do something worthwhile. Well, you're known to have a very good relationship with the president and to be a close advisor. Why is your relationship a a closer one than almost any other president, vice president that I can think of? Well, you know, I honest to God think that's true, and it's because if... All during when we were, I was campaigning, trying to get the nomination in 2008, we had 13 debates. If you went back and looked, the only two people who didn't disagree on policy were Barack and me. Uh, and the thing I admire about him, I've watched, you, you watch a person under intense pressure. And by the way, this, this president, whether you were for us or against has had more land on his desk than any president in modern history that was difficult. And I watched this guy. 
I watch him make incredibly difficult decisions in, in, in incredible crises. And you learn the character and the metal of a man. And I just admire the hell out of him. But that at his root, what he's about is the thing we share in common. We are absolutely, thoroughly convinced and optimistic about the prospects of this country. I mean, we are so better positioned than any nation in the world. If we just get out of our own way a little bit here, no, I really mean it. There is nothing, there is nothing we can't do. And that's, well, how, that, that's why it's, uh, you know, like that. Well, you know, your, 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 your close uh, policy advising of the president and, and being with him there for the tough moments, there is, um, there is one job that that preps you for. <laughs> Chief of staff. <laughs> And, and I just want to, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which in this case is a donkey. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to tell us right now about your plans? Yes. I think you should run for president again and I'll be your vice president. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir. You said, you said recently, you said this weekend that you don't know if you are emotionally prepared to run for president. Look, um, I don't think any man or woman should run for president unless, number one, they know exactly why they would want to be president, and two, they can look at the folks out there and say, I promise you, you have my whole heart, my whole soul, my energy, and my passion to do this. And, and I'd be lying if I said that I knew I was there. Uh, it's a, um, uh, it's, it, it, I'm being completely honest. I, 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 you. I, 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 I so, so, but no, nobody has a right, in my view, to, seek that office unless they're willing to give it 110% of who they are. And I am, I am as I said, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm positive about where we're going, but I find myself, and you understand it, I, just sometimes it just sort of overwhelms you. Mm -hmm. And I can't be. Uh, I went out to... I went out to Denver and I landed at a military base and I met a whole group of uh, military families, which is not unusual, on a rope line about 100 yards from the aircraft. And, and uh, about uh, two thirds were in uniform, the other were family members. And I was thanking them when I really meant it. They, this 1% is fighting for 99% of the rest of us. And I was talking about them being the backbone and sinew of this country and all of us, and it was going great. And, uh, a guy in the back yells, Major Bo Biden, Bronze Star, sir, serve them in Iraq. And all of a sudden, I lost it. How could you talk? <laughs> I mean, that's not, I shouldn't be saying this, but that, that, you, you know, we, you can't we, do that. We can't um, took do the that. show to Baghdad a few years ago, and this is my first encounter with your son. We really wanted to, interview him when we were over there. You were vice president, he was serving active duty over there, and he didn't want any special attention. He didn't want to leave his unit. He didn't want to be singled out. Why do you think he was so modest about his own accomplishments and 
he wanted to serve with such modesty? Because he had such great courage and such great empathy. I mean, when he got to Iraq, he asked permission, was commanding general, would he take the name Biden off of his identification? I forget that I think he had Roberts on it. Because he didn't want anybody, anybody, anybody giving anything special. He was, the governor offered to appoint him attorney general. He turned it down. He wouldn't take it. They offered him to appoint him to the Senate seat that he could have done standing on his head, and he didn't do it. He, uh, um, he didn't have to go to Iraq. He was attorney general of the state of Delaware. He had to get special permission that, and he, he went to get a former Republican attorney general and ask him to come and stand in for him because under the rules, once you're federal property, you can't have any engagement in state affairs. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is this who Bo was. It was just, and by the way, Bo, not unique. In the, uh, there's, there's other women and men who serve like that, but, uh, you know, um, it, it, he just, he never, 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 he, he abhorred people who had a sense of entitlement. And he went the other way. I mean, he won the Bronze Star and came home and made us all promise that we wouldn't tell anybody he won the Bronze Star. No, I <laughs> my word. And when he went to an affair where Iraqi veterans were being honored and he wouldn't put on his decorations. And uh, he won the Legion of Merit. I mean, he's decorated. And General Ordiano's commanding officer said, you must put it on. He would not wear, because that was Bo. It was like, he, he didn't feel he was, you know, my mom used to have an expression, and he lived it. And I know my, you know, this is an Irish Catholic family. No, I love how many times you said my mom had an expression. Yeah. Because my yeah. mom had so many expressions. I know, I know. What's the use of being Irish if you don't know that life is going to break your heart? <laughs> That's the best one. That's true. So what did your mom say? My mom would say, remember, Nobody is better than you, but you're better than nobody. Everybody's equal. My mother really mentioned it pounded into our heads. Well, you know, there's another person who said that, and that's Thomas Jefferson. And this is why I think people want you to run for president. And I know that's an emotional decision that you have to make. I know that's an emotional decision that you have to make, but it's going to be emotional for a lot of people if you don't run. And, sir, I, I just want to say that I think that your experience and your example of suffering and service um, is something that would be sorely missed in the race. Not that there aren't good people on both sides running, but uh, I think we'd all be very happy if you did run. And if you don't, um, I know that your service to the country is something we should all salute. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Vice President Joe Biden. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. We'll be dropping classic bits and celebrity interviews seven days a week while the show's away on summer break. The Late Show will be back on September 6th with all new episodes. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.